Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Yes, Jimi Hendrix comes to visit this time every Tuesday as we look at our Mount Rushmore and the subject today is the four losses in sport that have hurt us the most. Uh, John Day, I'll give you uh, the chance to open the batting today. How's that? Cheers, Smithy. And, um, man, it's like just from a point of view as a spectator of think losses that hurt, um, I bet they hurt a lot more when you're actually involved, Smithy. And we've had a lot for the 92 World Cup, haven't we? So wonder if that will pop up. My fourth loss that hurt me the most came back in 1997 when I was a 15-year-old boy. Manly led the NRL all year. Uh, my childhood favourite team uh, in 1997. There was uh, 16 all. We charged down the drop kick, but then they still won the Newcastle Knights. Darren Albert, and it haunts me to this day, Smithy. So that's my number four loss that hurt me the most. Manly losing to Newcastle uh, 97. And what about Rabs Warren there in the background trying to yeah. describe that drama there? That was uh, something special. Well, I go back to uh, 1974. Uh, remember we had uh, Dick Taylor on, yeah, he'd won the, uh, the race, uh, that uh, 10,000 metres on day one, set up the Commonwealth Games. We had a fantastic Commonwealth Games. Uh, so then it came down to the Blue Ribbon event, uh, as it was termed back in those days, the 1,500 metres, and this happened. 200 metres left in this devastating race. If you have seen the footage, you can see I, have, I accelerated to the 200 meters and then I relaxed. Once I, when I relaxed, John Walker, Ben Gipcho and Rod Dixon started to move. And I saw them at the corner. And when we got to the straight 100 meters at the finish, I saw John Walker coming behind me and I said, OK, now it is the time to say, catch me if you can. Sensational, wasn't it? Well, almost. Uh, that was Philbert Bayer, of course, uh, if you uh, don't remember. 
uh, just outlasting John Walker. That was, for me, going to be the crescendo. Uh, I was 17 years of age at that time, and that was going to be the highlight of my whole sporting life, watching Walker just finish it off in style for us and he couldn't quite get to Philbert by, and that left an impression on me. Yeah, what a crowd too. Man, that just comes through the radio, doesn't it? Holy moly, what a race, and well done to Bay. Uh, my number three of uh, CS Sports losses that have hurt me the most, don't penalise Richie McCaw. Red and black jumpers, now Tolu Latu goes to ground. Well, that trip dangerous, they're going to win it though. There's a penalty. Well, it's 45 metres out. And it's against Richie McCaw, ironically. Less than two minutes remaining. Right, oh, no, here's the discussion. Is it Kirtley Beale or does Bernard Foley have 45 metres in him? So, Bernard Foley. The crowd's all starting to stand. These enormous blocks of people getting to their feet already. 45 metres back. Bernard Foley. It's got the legs. It's got the legs. The distance. Yep, 2014 Super Rugby Final, Richie McCaw penalised, and you can hear the referee, you weren't the tackler, he was the tackler, got a turnover, but penalised. Todd Blackadder, coach at the time, if they had won that final, Todd would probably be remembered as one of the great Crusaders coaches, but no, had to leave without a title, 2014 Super Rugby Final is one that I can't let go, Smithy. Okay, fair enough, um, that's, yeah, that's a, a hell of a memory, I've got to say, my number three is a hell of a memory too, and it's a hell of a memory because it's so long ago. But, and Staffy will back me on this at midday. Um, Manawatu, the great green and white machine, losing the Ranfurly Shield midweek to North Auckland, courtesy of a 48-minute second half, 48-minute penalty goal, kicked by Chippy Seminoff, which just, just went inside, brushed the right hand upright. I was in line with it, uh, took the afternoon off work, and was absolutely in dismay that that Shield era had come to an end. 48th minute of the second half, standing halfback Johnny Gilmer was penalised for going offside and the referee was a man by the name of Adlam from Wanganui. Our nearest neighbours didn't want to do us a favour. 48th minute of the second half, it was like fate, it was written in the stars that they wanted it to go that day. Went to a great bunch of guys at North Auckland. Didn't ease the pain, I'm sorry. That was really bad. No, really, Smith, really Smith, bad. Uh, Staffy's got that great story, doesn't he, of visiting a flat in mm-hmm. uh, Palmerston North. <laughs> really needed to rent one. Beautiful place. And then got told the landlord's name was Adlam. Nah, don't want it. Just walked straight out the door. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that lives with a lot of people, that one. Smithy, Renfrewly Shield losses do hurt, don't they, forever. Uh, number two, for me, is the same as you. And you were there, Smithy. You were there for this moment. He's pulled it, man out there at square leg, he's defending, it's going fine, it could go all the way, he's coming around quickly, we die, it's four runs, and Pakistan have won the first semi-final in Eden Park, a magnificent performance by Jarvid, me and Dad, Inzaman Al-Haq, and look at that, look at Jarvid, what a performance from the veteran, a magnificent win when you're chasing 262, you have to do all the hard work. Well the entire Pakistan. 
Pakistan team has raced onto the field and no wonder. I didn't really like cricket until 1992 and then fell in love with it during that tournament. Uh, the New Zealand team were just amazing, yourself included, Smithy, and that just made it so much harsher with the heartbreak as a 10-year-old kid. What was it like playing in that game in 1992, that semi-final? And does that live with you? Yeah, it does live with me, um, and it's my number one, actually, so I might as well get it out of the way. It's my number one because I was involved in it, and so it probably hit me the most, but uh, I recall that uh, tournament as uh, the momentum just kept going, steaming forward, uh, and everywhere that we went around the country, there was this jump on the bandwagon belief. Uh, taxis were, were nothing, you know, cabbies would give you a free ride. Restaurants, all of a sudden you go up and find that someone had paid your bill. Uh, could hardly buy a beer anywhere in town. Uh, and it was just a fantastic time uh, to be alive and playing in that cricket team. And then we got to um, we got to Eden Park, and uh, you know we'd we'd set up a really good score, uh, and the score was very high for it by Eden Park Eden Park standards. And we had this beautiful bowling attack that took the pace off the ball, and I thought this could really get Pakistan. So I was quite confident at the break, although we had lost Martin Crow uh, as captain. Uh, he decided not to field, he'd done his hamstring and he wanted to know uh, on the basis he thought we'd get there, he wanted to give it every chance to be able to play in the final. So uh, he didn't go on the field uh, and John Wright took over and uh, it just didn't work out for us. And they had two players that stole it off us really for mine. Uh, everyone uh, got into the fact that Inzamar Malhak turned the course of the match. Well his momentum did, his innings did, it changed the course of the pace of the match. But effectively, the man that we had to get rid of was Javed Mandad. We could not get rid of Javed Mandad. Uh, he was the, the rock. He was the experience that was always going to carry them through. One of the toughest batsmen I've ever seen on a cricket field. Not so much because he could handle the pace or the bounce or anything like that, because mentally he was a street fighter, an absolute street fighter. And until we got him, well, we were always in danger of coming second. And that was it. And it did hurt. And the lap of Eden Park, uh, where you saw a lot of players in tears, I didn't actually uh, burst into tears about it. But I knew it was my last game of cricket ever for uh, in any terms of uh, seriousness at all. Uh, and I was hell-bent that that was going to be it. If not, it was going to be the World Cup final. So, yeah, sad memories. Sad a little bit tough to take, and every now and then it comes up. Yeah, but what a ride. Man, they're just like, I, I wouldn't have loved cricket as much as I did without that 92 team. Well, we might as well do your number two then, Smithy. Two to win. Yeah. yeah. Guttall's going to push for two. They've got to go. It's got to throw. He's got to go to the keeper's end. He's got it. England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins. By the barest of all margins. Absolute ecstasy for England. Agony, for New Zealand. It's not in my top four because we didn't lose Smithy, but it is number two for you. Well, I guess we did. <laughs> yeah, lose. Well, it is a loss, isn't it? <laughs> it is a loss. We didn't win it, did we? Our name's not on the cup, so there you go. Um, and that that hurt uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, not so much as the other one because I, I wasn't on the field of play and couldn't do anything about it. So you're just sort of there. But uh, being able to, to call it and reflect on it and look at it, and then uh, the pain of that actually didn't kick in. Uh, till quite some time afterwards because uh, you know involved in the working side of it and the commentating side of it uh, and then you realise just how close we got and how many little things conspired against us on that afternoon at Lords. Uh, that's where the pain really did set in so I felt on behalf of the players, uh, I felt on behalf of cricket in this country actually um, that one, I won't say the one chance, we've had, we've won a title since then and we nearly won one the other day but uh, that to me was uh, one that'll sting forever. As yep. long as uh, I've got a bit of breath there, I'll always remember that for yep. a number of reasons. And this one is my number one. 
Wayne Barnes, Grey Jerseys, 2007. Oh, and in comes Damiel Trey, using his pace. Well, it might have been a touch forward, but he got away with it. Michelin, they pass inside, and Jean-Zion, over. We're into the last minute. Back it goes, and the drop goal attempt. It's going to be short. I don't think we need to reflect on that, Smithy. Should we just move on? No. Yeah. Move on to Staffy. Yeah, um, yeah, we will. Eh? Wayne Barnes and all black teams, six losses now with him refereeing, and uh, quite a few of them in non-black jerseys. Something in that too when Wayne Barnes is around. 